KRCL, Salt Lake City. Support for Radioactive's Punk Rock Farmer comes from Go Biochar. The following program was pre-recorded. Welcome to Radioactive, a show for grassroots activists and community builders. Weeknights at 6 on KRCL. I'm Laura Jones in studio with Aldine, KRCL's Punk Rock Farmer. Hello, my friend. Hello. It's great to be here. You know what? We got to report out before we start the show. Oh, I'm, I'm telling you, I really want to say thank you so very much to our specific listeners for our show. We did a wonderful amount of money in an hour's time. In an hour. Um, I'm not even going to say how much it was because we don't want to <laughs> jinx it for the next time. But boy, <laughs> oh boy, so thanks to the Red Iguana, Red Iguana for a large challenge grant and one from our listeners too. And we matched them both and we did really great. Mm-hmm. And I guess you get to hear... Punk Rock Farmer for another, another six months. Six we months get to. at least. They let us. Big thank you, Radiothon <laughs> last week. It helps us get down the road the next six months. That's how community radio works. And all told, listeners, congratulations. You raised $240,000. Uh, gifts for good means that uh, 253 days of meals will go to students at Guadalupe School. And with our partner, Tree Utah, we're going to plant 105 trees on the banks of the Jordan River on Saturday, May 8th. Can't beat it. It's Earth Week, right? So uh, what better way to celebrate than planting a bunch of, or saying that we're going to be planting a bunch of trees thanks to KRCL listeners. So every Friday, we talk about the agrihood agriculture meets your neighborhood and i do want to mention that this is utah the most recent episode debuted last night and it features you it yes it does i want to thank sally sham and the folks at kued pbs utah um they found it fit to make a little (laughs) clip of me and I got my eight minutes of fame on TV. <laughs> you can actually see me, not like here on radio. <laughs> there we go. We'll put a link in the show notes because it's now, I think it's online. You can watch it. You it, can stream it, it right? It okay. is on their YouTube channel. Excellent. What's coming up on the Urban Farm Report? So, I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited because uh, this year we've been talking a little bit more about nutrient-dense food. And I think it's the really big push of things. And Dr. Ben Page is with us. And he's all the way in Argentina, but he's actually... Actually, a Utah raised down in Parowan, born and raised here. Yeah, he's out of the country right now, but he started out life here in Utah. That's pretty sweet. Pretty cool. And he's got a great Mm -hmm. book, Playing in the Dirt, and we'll go through some of the really great information that's in there about how to eat healthy right out of your own backyard. And if you haven't checked out the column that Al and I wrote for Slug Mag Online, do check that out. We'll put a link in the show notes. But if you're thinking this is the year you want to start playing in the dirt, You can check out that column for a few tips with some community partners like Wasatch Community Gardens, James Loomis at the Green uh, Phoenix Farm, our friends over at Green Urban Lunchbox, and on and on and on. So also coming up on the show tonight, we've got some poetry. It's National Poetry Month. Skywatcher Leo T as well. And also three quick picks from Clever Octopus to round out our our suggestions for how you can uh, do things a little different because yep. of Earth Month. And Robert Mark's with us, too. That's and right. we'll talk a little bit about At A Place Cider. Uh, mm-hmm. It's been a few years in the making, but They're very dreams. big news. And it's really come together. Dreams are coming true. We always start with fresh homegrown music. And tonight we're going to feature some picks from the Hum Catalog here Utah Music. Music. It's the digital catalog that the City Library has been curating for a couple of years now. And we have with us librarian and hum curator, Ben Swisher. Hey, Ben, how are you? I'm doing really great. How are you both doing? Doing well. Thanks for giving us some time for the show. So remind folks about hum, Hear Utah Music. You also have Hear Utah Music TV as of last year. You've been doing lots of great things to highlight and support locally uh, made and homegrown music. Yeah, totally. So uh, HUM started up like back in 2018. The library already had like local C collection um, available to the community. But as we know, musicians also release things digitally. So we wanted to make sure that the library had that as a resource for folks as well. Um, and a way for like the library to directly like pay musicians for their work in the community. So since 2018, we have like almost, I think, 200 albums and then over 100 artists in the collection right now. Um, and launching May 1st from the last submission period, we have I think 17 new artists and 26 new albums that we're adding. Oh, wow. So, and you paid each one of those an acquisition fee in essence. 
Yeah, we did. Um, like this year alone, we've been able to put $8,000 um, into local musicians' hands um, through the library, which is really great. So, And now if you have a library card, you just log on to slcpl.org and you can download, right? Yeah. So you go to hum.slcpl.org. And even if you don't have a library card, you can listen to all of the music that's there for free or watch episodes of Hum TV. Um, but then, yeah, you use your library card if you want to download it. So. so you can download and add to your own collection of homegrown music. We're going to hear some of the new stuff coming up later this hour. But right now we're going to dip into the Hum catalog, right? Yes. So explain who this band is. Okay. So the first song I have for y'all is from Carl Cassette. And the genre that I will uh, describe them as is campy, catchy, it's 1988, let's go to the mall, bubblegum pop. Very <laughs> um, <laughs> hyper-specific choice by me. But uh, yeah, it's a song called Buck and Cammy from their 2015 release, Memory Sale. And I think it's the only song I know of that features like a clip from The Great Outdoors by John Hughes. But fellow musicians in the community, maybe we should employ more dialogue from John Hughes movies. <laughs> <laughs> So stick around. We're going to hear more from the Hum Catalog throughout the hour. But right now, Al, do the honors. Carl Cassette, right here, fresh and homegrown, with Buck and Cammy on KRCL 90.9 FM. would like to thank Dented Brick Distillery, Roots Cafe, and The Dog's Meow for sponsoring challenge grants during our spring radiothon. Your contributions will help us keep radio homegrown and heartfelt through the summer. Thanks again. Watch your Leo T here. Look up, look around, get a little lost in space. As we take our little spaceship to the skies tonight, let's head to the west. We find Taurus the Bull with sparkling orange-red Aldebaran and a neat little double star in the mix. This is the beautiful, magical April skies containing Orion and blue-white sparkling Sirius. Above the bull's horns and to the left of bright orange Capella is Mars. Zooming in on the surface of Mars, Monday morning, the 19th of April, NASA and JPL mission controllers confirmed at 4.37 a.m. that the tiny Ingenuity helicopter took to the Martian air. 
in this first test flight going up three meters and then facing toward the Perseverance rover and then touching back down. A successful takeoff of the first helicopter on another planet. Each successive flight will go a little further. Photo taken by the Perseverance rover of the helicopter shadow and then of its short flight was sent to the Perseverance rover, received by the Mars orbiter and relayed to listening stations on Earth. Think about all the radio that has to happen to make this work. And the JPL crew celebrated. Stay tuned for more. It's the 60th anniversary of cosmonaut Yuri Gagarin's historic launch into space on April 12, 1961. The daring launch sent the first human into space, paving the way for manned space exploration. Gagarin's historic flight lasted 108 minutes in which he orbited the Earth in the Soviet Union's Vostok spacecraft. And on the anniversary of the flight, the Russian space program sent a Soyuz spacecraft from the Baikonur Cosmodrome to the International Space Station. That was fun to watch on NASA TV at 3 in the morning. And from the New York Times, a tiny particle's wobble could upend the known laws of physics. The particle, known as the muon, which is similar to an electron but heavier, and according to the investigating team of scientists, an integral element of the cosmos, an international team of 200 physicists from seven countries has discovered that muons are forms of matter and energy that are vital to the nature and evolution of the cosmos that are not yet known to science. Wow, all these little guys are bouncing around our universe. On Sky Watch Early OT, it's many cultures, one sky. The sky's everyone's heritage. It's one of the many things that connect us all. There are many birds in the skies during the day and in the constellations. Birds, winged creatures, are powerful symbols in many cultures around the globe. Through flight and song, they symbolize liberation and the link between earthly worlds and the stars. In Hindu cosmology, birds represent higher levels of being. A multitude of births denotes wisdom and the connection between earthly and spiritual realms. Oh, their songs vibrate through the air and their striking colors amaze us and give us hope. And birds to the skies, let's look at the constellation Corvus the Crow. It's low in the southern sky. Its name means crow or raven in Latin. It's a mysterious collection of stars that in many seafaring cultures look like a sail with the breeze puffing it out. It has a pair of galaxies that are kind of faint looking, you need a big telescope to find them, but they're known as the Antenna Galaxies. Check out Skywatcher Leo T. Facebook for a star map. Look up, look around, get a little lost in space. Skywatcher Leo T. On 90.9 FM, KRCL. Thank you, Leo T. Do check out his Facebook page. In fact, we'll put a link in the show notes. He's got lots of great resources to catch you up on what's happening up above us because many cultures, one sky. This is Radioactive on KRCL 90.9 FM. I'm Laura Jones and Aldine Strick, not KRCL's punk rock farmer. In the studio, we've got rallies and resources. We've got poetry coming up. We've got Skywatcher Leo T. But a quick update on some big dreams down in Torrey, Utah. Let's get Robert Mark unmuted, your buddy from Etta Place Cider. Hey, Robert, how you doing today? Fantastic. Good to see you. Very good to see you, too. Um, we've gotten to be buddies throughout the few years here. We have a mutual friend, Travis, and uh, Travis yes, Nelson, sir. and he's actually working along with you a little bit. Yeah, Travis is our, is our cider designer. Very so, nice. Wait, wait, wait. Big, big, high-end physician. That's a great, that's a great <laughs> title. I'll have to remember that and call him that the next time I see him. Remind folks well, where you are down there at Tory <laughs> and how many acres you have, because I think last we talked to you, it was about the dream, about getting these, these orchards uh, prepped and good to go. Well, we're down here in Torrey, Utah. We have uh, several different parcels. We have two parcels that are orchards. And on those, on those parcels, we have 500 cider apple trees. Uh, cider apples that you will find nowhere else in Utah. They're right here, they're producing, and they're making fabulous cider. We now have a full-blown cidery um, right on Highway 24, um, 700 West Highway 24. I'm standing in it right now in our sales room. Um, we spend long into the night uh, bottling cider now. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so this has been a long road, and the dream started a while back. Tell us a little bit about how, what made you guys want to make cider. Well, we got land down here in uh, about 2009, and Ann Torrance, my partner, and I are kind of... Uh, Enviro freaks, and we didn't want to grow. We didn't. We got irrigation water, which is really, really precious. 
out here in the West. And long story short, we decided for several reasons that apples would be the right thing because this is legacy apple growing country in Utah. Exactly. There's a lot of history down there, correct? Yeah. Tremendous amount of history. It never developed into a big commercial operation because there's no railroad to Torrey. So there was no way to ship fruit. But there's these these fields in the National Park, right, in Capitol Reef that I've been reading that they're trying to bring back to life, I guess, in no part inspired by, no small part inspired by you guys. Well, I don't know about that much inspiration. <laughs> it's been here. It's been here a long time, and it's been part of the the legacy of of Mormon agriculture in southern Utah for a long, long time. Now, the sad thing was they brought in a bunch of fantastic apples in the early days, but apples don't last forever. And in the 1950s, Red Delicious came along, and some aggressive salesmen came in, and sold these new apples to the, to the legacy farmers and so we lost a lot of the, the real heritage apples down here what we what we've done is we brought in a whole lot of upstate new york apples that were developed in the 1800s british apples we have some french apples um we have some some apples that were developed specifically for cider so we have a really really amazing library of cider apples and I will tell you the blend is like nothing you will find anywhere else it is amazing so um, what do you what do you look for when you're making cider in an apple I know you when you cook you know it's different but what are you looking for you're looking for the same things that you're looking for in a great wine in a great wine you're looking for mouthfeel you're looking for tannins you're looking for some glycerols you're looking for in some in some wines you want some mineral flavors you want some citric flavors you want some acidity and edge to cut through foods a lot more than just sweetness and i won't i won't uh mention any other brand names but we're not them Um, (laughs) and so and so we focus really, really on the, the classic winemaking strategies in making ciders and blending uh, apples that have different types of properties. So tannins are a big thing that everybody's looking for. So keeping your own flair in there, um, what do you guys do to, to kind of make it your own? Ah, well, the way you make it your own is actually you steal from the masters. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you start. You know, Julia Child once said, you know, follow the recipe first and then you can vary from a position of strength. And so what we did is made a a classic single varietal cider uh, called a rosé from a Redfield apple, one type of apple, and we're the only ones in Utah growing this. And the classic um, version of it is made by Westfield Cider in... um, I'm sorry, by West Cider in upstate New York. Single rosé, it's got fantastic acid, just a hint of sweetness, very, very long finish, a beautiful, beautiful cider. And so we started out making that one and it was very, very successful. And we thought, how we got this? And that really wasn't true when we went to our next blends (laughs) and we had to learn a little bit more about what the balances are how much tannin do you add? It turns out a lot of the tannic apples like Kingston Black, um, a few friends of mine have tried to make single varietals out of that and it's too tannic for any human being. So we use a little bit of that Kingston Black, about five, 10%. So what is the website where people can catch up with Etta Place Cider and maybe plan a trip? I was down in Capitol Reef back in Oh, gosh, it must have been February and went through the Fruita Historic District and was looking at the orchards there on the parks property going, what are they doing with this? And then there's you (laughs) and Tori just up the road getting it on. So what is what is your website? Okay, the website is ataplacecider.com. And uh, our tagline is not just for outlaws. (laughs) I Uh, love that. However... And so it's and so the legend the legend is built around Etta Place. Etta Place was uh, Sundance's girlfriend consort. Um, we really don't know a lot about Etta, but what happened was at the very end she went to Argentina with them. Oh wow! And after a few after a few years down there, she decided that that globe trotting wasn't really her thing, and she came back to San Francisco, 1906. She was. 28 years old, and she disappears to history. And we tell the story that, well, uh, we think she came back here and opened a speakeasy. (laughs) She was a a desert pirate. 
Yes, she's our she's our legacy model. So where are we gonna get this product? When can well, we? Where can we taste it, Robert? Well, we're open and we're right here in uh, right here in Torrey, and we're selling it out of our DABC package store right here in Torrey. Now, uh, the question is, well, do you ship, will you send it up to Salt Lake? And the answer is, we're just getting our seed legs under us. We've been open just two weeks now, and we are selling a lot right here. So we don't have a lot of pressure to move it up to Salt Lake yet. Mm. Um, we're listening to all the, all the concern about that. Um, <laughs> and trip. eventually we might do something. Road trip. Road, yes. road trip. But see, we're, we're <laughs> suggesting this is a great place to do a road trip, yeah. right? The camping's awesome. The scenery's awesome. All of that. And that's why we, that's why we decided the cidery would work here because of the big tourism uh, flow through here. Well, I'll have to come and visit you and Ann real soon. You might see me, you might see me sooner than you think to have some cider. <laughs> <laughs> we... What we're allowed to do is keep it in the cooler here, so it's ready to go. Uh, Very cool. Very cool. Thanks so much, Robert, for being with us hey, today. Thank you for having me. What a pleasure. Robert Mark at A Place Cider, zooming off the show. And now let's talk some poetry. April is National Poetry Month, and Lisa Bigmore, who's been on the show multiple times, is joining us. Got a new project uh, coming out of her year of sabbatical, actually. And Lisa, welcome to the program. Tell us about Light Scatter Press. Hi, Laura. Um, I'm so glad to be on the show again um, and love that you love poetry and always keep a little fire going for it. Um, yeah, I was on a sabbatical and I had, um, through a variety of circumstances, came up with the idea of starting a new nonprofit literary press. It's named Light Scatter um, after my father, who is an optical physicist, and uh, for his um, dissertation did a, a project where he measured small angle uh, particle scatter off of highly polished surfaces. My father died uh, this past fall. Um, the name of the press is in, in is in honor of him. And our basic yeah. idea is that we wanted to choose beautiful books of poetry. Um, and we're about to publish our first, uh, Bewildered by All This Broken Sky by Anna Scotti. And we also wanted to build in multimodality into uh, the way we thought about publishing. So this means to me, developing uh, multimodal experiences that are integrated into the printed book so that the reader can um, experience the book in different ways and through different paths. But it also means a priority on accessibility in publishing, particularly in the digital. So we have a, an accessibility consultant, my colleague, Melissa Helquist, who has helped us uh, with the multimodal app that we built for the book. And we also have um, a, an accessible EPUB of Anna's book. Uh, coming out. So we are building multimodality and multiple channels. Well, hey, Al, we've also got poet Anna Scotty with us to talk about her new book that's coming out and maybe share something from it. Hi, Anna. How are you? Hi, Laura. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So you are the winner of the inaugural Light Scatter Press Prize awarded in 2020. And that's part of this too, right, Lisa, the way you want to work with poets? Yeah, so a lot of small literary presses do uh, intake manuscripts through a, a competition. Our uh, wonderful Catherine Coles, who I know was on your show recently, yeah, just last served night. as the yeah she served the, as the judge for the competition, and she chose Anna's book with great enthusiasm. She really loves it, and um, so yeah, that is part of how we got submissions and. Um, yeah, Kate chose Anna's book. Well, and in the release that you sent me about Bewildered by All This Broken Sky by Anna, you say this book helps us to see the miraculous and the broken, the everyday, the ordinary, and are suffused with radiant language and deep kindness. Poems from the stunning collection recently appeared in The New Yorker and won the, I'm going to not say this right, the Pocataligo Prize for Poetry. Pocataligo, <laughs> Pocataligo, yes. and the Mark Fisher Prize for Poetry. And I'd love to hear something from it, Anna. Oh, well, absolutely. I brought, uh, I brought a poem called Then Fall Again that originally appeared in The New Yorker. Shall I read it now? Let's do it. Then Fall Again. Orange, gold, crunch, crisp. Apples cut in clean crescents, burnt marshmallow, smoke caught in the folds of our jackets, in our hair, luminary of pumpkins like ambassadors of the season, 
a mustache drawn with scorched cork, then a pilgrim's hat of black and white, cranberries bright as blood, a cold drift from beneath the door, crackle of ice, spring finally, silly to think all this could end when everything is bursting, buds furled tight along the branch, wet and new, a girl's soft hair, hard-soled shoes, rain against the pane and the smell of cut grass, loam and soil and sod, blossoms on the sidewalk, petals on our shoulders and days to spend, days to waste, hours sifted through our fingers like spilled sugar from the bowl. Then summer's small fruits, hard and sour, hot sidewalk, hot forehead, hot breath of August at the window and still no way to warm you, huddled at the heater, stifling wool and cups of tea and soup and steam, stained sweater, stinking socks, tissues knotted on the floor, and all the ways we meant to say goodbye forgotten. No ferry now to Coronado, no starlit swim at Mazatlan. Nothing matters but to make you warm. Then fall again. Orange, gold, crunch, crisp, bones and stones and broken brown leaves. One without you, then all the rest the same. Ooh, then fall again. Read by the poet Anna Scotty, who is with us, and her new book, Bewildered by All This Broken Sky, is the first publication by the new Light Scatter Press from poet Lisa Bickmore. Wow, and we were having so much synchronicity in the show. Apples, uh, apples Argentina. I know, huh? <laughs> it's <laughs> it's very just good. a very magical show. So, so Anna, this multimodal sensory experience, what do you think of that in terms of extending the kind of you know, world you create? It, it has been really exciting. I was so overwhelmed to win the competition and know that my book would finally come out. It's been a long time in the making. And I kept asking Lisa to explain what the multimodal was and she would patiently explain and I would go, oh, okay, I really don't understand. <laughs> and then <laughs> finally I did get a little taste of it and it's, it's really interesting. I had to um, figure out how to turn on QR codes on my phone and start scanning the pages and getting connected to um, some really interesting ekphrases, which pieces of art created, inspired by another piece of art. So and it's been really fun to see what yeah. other people, um, where they took my work. And Lisa, you actually sent me a YouTube link that I'm just pulling up while we talk. And this is Bewildered by All This Broken Sky and the Multimodal App. Press, we seek to preserve and extend the material, tactile experience of the printed bound book through beautiful, innovative design that integrates digital artifacts and experiences created for and with the printed text. For Anna Scotty's Bewildered by All This Broken Sky, we developed a digital derive, another environment in which to experience the poems, launched from the printed book via a QR code and encountered in a virtual space. To access the app, use your camera phone to scan the QR codes wherever you find them in the book. Touch the URL to find a card, a tarot card or a saint card. Touch the card once more to see it fully, to find lines from the poem, to hear a piece of music. When you're finished, touch the X to go back to the full deck of cards, which you can shuffle to choose another card or to return to the print book. In this way, you can have more than one experience of the book the path changing from encounter to encounter. We hope you enjoy it. And that is Lisa Bickmore of Light Scatter Press, who is with us here on uh, Punk Rock Farmer Friday, Al. And Lisa, you're a poet yourself, and I, I think you have something to share with us too. Yeah, I, uh, I'm working on a new manuscript myself. It was my other sabbatical project. And I decided that um, because it's Earth Week, but also it's uh, the anniversary of Prince's death that I have a poem about Prince. So I'm going to read that poem. Something that you'll never comprehend. On BBC Radio 6, they're playing all Prince all day long. And we're exchanging our favorite songs across the Atlantic. Hers, the simmering drum from I Would Die For You. Keyboard chime, the song, a chant till his voice breaks it open or almost a brash-hearted confession, half a life ago, too old for songs to do that to me, to so enthrall 
For a year, I took my blocks alone with Walkman and Purple Rain, let his peacock strut be figure of dream, small and wild and perfect. The figment of dancing to it undone in the first four bars of dazzle double time, whirl and flow, my body not quick enough. I wanted an anarchy, a substitute ready for what I did not believe I could do. I've been listening all day, she texts, and me too. Tonight I want hesitation, I tell her. Drum echo, electronic and crushing, a cadence of bitten syllables. You were so hard to find. In the longing that is my métier, this voice, a sigh leaps into stratospheric riff, a wail, a plea to yield, to give, devotion, aria, to give everything. Lisa Bickmore of Light Scatter Press. Wonderful stuff, you and Anna, uh, contributing to our show for National Poetry Month. But, you know, we always have poetry. It doesn't have to happen in April. It can happen anytime. In fact, hey, Lisa, probably going to need something else from you because we're doing all local poets reacting to the times on Monday's show. So I'll call you after this one. (laughs) But where can people get a hold of Anna Scotty's new book and Light Scatter Press? So you can go to our website, which is lightscatterpress.org, and we have a shop where you can buy Anna's book. Um, we're seeing pre-orders come flying in, but I hope that the folks in the community that listen to KRCL will want to have this book to read its beautiful poems and to take a look at the multimodality. And in general, um, we're excited about this auspicious beginning with this fantastic book. Thanks so much, Lisa and Anna. We appreciate your time. Thank you, Laura. Thanks, Laura. And now let's go uh, for some more homegrown music, shall we, Al? We got Ben Swisher with us. Hey, Ben. Hey. So here, Utah Music, we're featuring homegrown music from the catalog, and you've got some new acquisitions since your submissions period earlier this year. So tell us about this band and this new song that'll be available as of May 1st, correct? Yeah, so it's a little bit of a sneak peek ahead of that drop. Um, So this is going to be Rabbit, and the hyper-specific genre that I'll describe them as is a ghost possesses you ASMR freak folk. Um, And this is a song called Calcifer from their album Complete Okayness of Self, which came out in 2019. Um, And... My favorite thing about this particular song, other than like it just being very immersive and um, very intimate, is that it lists a bowl of musli as like an instrument in the song. And I think anytime <laughs> you can list that as an like an instrument, it's really game over for everyone else in the yeah. music world. So you had submissions earlier this year. I believe eBay Hamilton from KRCL's Afternoon Drive is part of your curating team. You have multiple folks listening and looking for a breadth of of uh, sounds and depth of sounds to add to the catalog, correct? Yeah. So we have like a rotating jury. Every year we get like fresh ears, um, just yeah, different folks from the music community. Like, um, And so it's really great to have people involved in that way and helping spread the word about it and like, yeah, helping us sort of create a more comprehensive portrait of what it means to make music in Utah. What's the HUM website one more time? The HUM website is hum.slcpl.org. Thanks, Ben. All right, Al, do the honors. This is Rabbit with Calcifer, fresh and homegrown, right here on KRCL 90.9 FM. I lost my father when I was 12 And you tried to make me fear Hell, I passed through when I climbed into my spaceship And left your reality And made my own, made my own galaxy Time owns my soul I am an infant and I am old My consciousness is a rubber band I stretch and I expand Now I am the worst person that has ever lived And I've hurt all my friends And I regret stepping outside myself to become an animal And surrender to my carnal instincts Time owns my soul I am an infant and I am old My consciousness is a rock 
cut my hands off and I won't hold my breath I won't drink until I drown and I won't experience death When I try to think about the crash I become the universe again Outside yet I feel every shape I am in I was a dog, I was a fish And then a Tupperware container Then the bowl the fish was in And I just wish I was a rubber band again Time owns my Support for KRCL comes from Go Biochar, a climate-beneficial soil additive that can reduce water consumption for lawns and gardens. Orders and information at gobiochar.com. Hi, this is Jen Lopez with Clever Octopus Creative Reuse Center. Did you know that the U.S. is the number one trash-producing country in the world? This means that 5% of the world's people generate 40% of the world's waste. While it's also a systemic problem worldwide, here are some ways to reduce your own household waste numbers. Pick number one, do a trash audit, get some gloves and go through your trash. What stuff do you throw out and why? What can you stop buying? Pick number two, find an organization that will take your extra food donations, including from your garden, like wastelesssolutions.org slash garden share. Pick number three, buy items in bulk to avoid packaging waste. Shout out to Hello Bulk and Animalia two small businesses in our community with great ideas on avoiding packaging waste. I'm Jen Lopez with Clever Octopus Creative Reuse Center, and this has been Three Quick Picks in Celebration of Earth Day. Find more ideas at cleveroctopus.org. Now, what are you going to do to help Mother Earth? Welcome back to Radioactive on KRCL 90.9 FM. I'm Laura Jones, and thank you again to everyone who contributed during Radiothon last week. If you haven't heard, together we raised $240,000 for Listeners Community Radio of Utah completely backwards that we do six months and then ask for support, but that's <laughs> how this nonprofit works. And we are so grateful for everybody who pitched in on Punk Rock Farmer Friday last week, but throughout the drive, we also were able to, uh, well, we will be able to plant 105 trees and donate 253 days of meals to the students at Guadalupe School. So thank you so much for your support. Yes, thank you. One more thank you, uh, John at Bio, Go Biochar. Let's thank him too. Oh yeah, he provided some uh, great thank you gifts during uh, Punk Rock Farmer Friday last Friday. And we do good when we have our own stuff to give yeah, away. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you so much. It's time for the Urban Farm Report. And we have a special guest connecting the dots. Like I said, apples and apples have come up. Argentina, Tory, Southern Utah. Introduce us. Ben Page, the author of the book, uh, Playing in the Dirt. And he also does the Wellness Farmer podcast. And he's in, uh, actually in Argentina. How are you doing today, Ben? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on the show. You're welcome. You know, I, I, I read the book. I really like the book. I'm really uh, in tune to what uh, you said a lot of the stuff in the book, um, the way things have been, things have been manipulated back in the, um, before the world wars, people ate from their backyards in farmers markets. There was really no supermarkets and things like that. Correct. No, the first supermarket, if I remember correctly, listening from Joel Salatin, came around in the 1960s. So, oh. yeah, it's pretty new supermarkets. That's from Joel Salatin, though, and he's a pretty remarkable guy, and you can trust what he has to say usually. But after the World Wars, things really kind of took a turn for the worst for uh, agriculture and the Industrial Revolution, Industrial Agriculture, yuck. Um, they... You know, you the man, man thinks he can change things, and uh, man wants to change nature. And uh, boy, oh boy, uh, fabricating a completely unnatural way of growing food. And it's still with us today. Let's talk a little bit about that before we get into the good stuff. 
Let's talk about the bad stuff, the herbicides and the pesticides. And this affects nutrient density, correct? Oh, yeah. I mean, the food, we haven't consumed food for a long time. It's, I guess you can call it empty calories, but it's really not food. We can't, it's been a long time since the human has had nutrient dense food, unless of course you're growing your own food or you know your farmers and your ranchers and you get to know their operation and they're doing it the proper way. So if it's a, if it's an animal with four stomachs, it's out eating grass under the sun all the time, or you're growing food without all the chemicals that they're using nowadays. That's why I recommend growing some of your own food. And if you can't grow it all, which most of us can't, um, get to know your local farmers and your local ranchers and support them as much as you can. But these things uh, like um, you, they start using herbicides and then it kills everything, but the most strongest stuff. And then they start using more herbicides and then they're using um, uh, pesticides to kill bugs. And it works the same way. The more they use, the more stronger they need to make it to kill the certain bugs that get strong from it. And then, and then the soil is so bad and there's nothing left in it that they have to create GMO stuff to even grow in it. Yeah, and that's and that's how it's been for quite a while. Like you said, like you started off where during World War II, the Victory Garden, I mean, about 50 percent of all produce was grown in backyards and in front yards. Um, it's definitely doable. So we don't we can't say that the reason they're growing all these monocrop farms is because we need to feed the world. No, we can feed the world by just growing our own foods in our backyard because we've shown that it's possible. So, but yeah, over, over the years, it's been getting worse and worse and worse. Like you've said, they've happened to use more and more and more because these pesticides, these, these pests and these weeds, the pesticides and the herbicides don't kill them anymore. So more and more and more, it's, it's, it's a losing battle against nature that it just, it won't last forever. And that's why I love, I love seeing all these new young guys getting out there and trying things different. They're not doing the monoculture. They're going out there and they're doing regenerative agriculture, which is becoming more and more popular over because people are realizing that their health is just not doing, not, they're just not as healthy as they should be. People are becoming sicker and sicker and sicker. And we need to go back. Well, what's the main cause? Well, one of the main causes is what we're what we're consuming. It's not food anymore. We're not getting the, the nutrition that our bodies require so we can we can be healthy and serve each other and, and make a better and make a better place for everybody. We're just not we're not healthy enough to do that anymore. So there's a it's a biome and microbes and those things are in fertile soil. They're not in depleted soil that's been used with all these chemicals. And what I understand is that the plant actually emits um, a sugar to call in these things. And if they're not there, there's nothing to call in. So like you're saying, the food that you see that's grown in big fields and monocropped, it just, it might look good. You think you're eating vegetables. Oh, that's good for you. But they're, they don't, they're not allowed to suck up the biomes and the nutrients that you really need. Um, and so, so let's talk about uh, the nutrients and what we need that's in real food and uh, and talk a little bit about that. I mean, just getting your hands in the dirt, it gets into your system, correct? Mm. Yeah, I mean, that's one way. To, uh, first of all, let's let's go back just a little bit. Yeah, and so if we want nutrition in food, the soil has to be alive. The soil can't be dead. There's got to be microorganisms in there. So what I'm talking about by just having one handful of soil, you should have billions of microbiome. Micro, microorganisms, bacteria, fungi, virus, all of that stuff, that stuff's got to be in that. And if it's not in there, the roots can't communicate with the soil and the soil can't communicate with the roots and, the, and all the nutrients, macro and micronutrients are not there. And that's why the, that's one of the main problems. Yeah, like you said before, the soil is pretty much dead. There is no life there. The topsoil is being eroded by the tons. So the, there is no nutrition in our food. Another thing, when you said, just getting your hands dirty. Yeah. By getting our hands dirty, we're letting those microorganisms help us be healthier. There's, there's the famous microorganism nowadays that most people, well, not most people, but a lot of people do know that mycobacterium bacae, that actually increases certain feel-good hormones and it's found in the soil. 
that's alive. So by touching the soil and that bacteria getting on our soil, we can actually feel better. And that's, that's one of the things I talk about in the new book, but yeah, here, go ahead. It creates serotonin, correct? Exactly. Uh, Exactly. It advocates it. Yes. One of those feel good. It's one of those feel good neurotransmitters that we just need to, to be who we are human beings. And we're not getting enough of it. That's one of the reasons why it's so important to get out there and touch the soil. Most people are afraid of it, but it's the opposite. I mean, it's there to protect us. It's there to help us. It's there to build us up and help us recuperate from from illnesses that we might be suffering. You're listening to Radioactive. It's Punk Rock Farmer Friday. I'm Laura Jones. Aldine Struckdine in the studio talking with his guest, Dr. Benjamin Page, who is a chiropractic physician that works in the wellness paradigm, graduated from Palmer College of Chiropractic in Davenport, Iowa. But you started out in Utah, grew up in Utah. Now you're in Argentina. Um, And what we're talking about is that the ecosystem of us, our bodies, and the ecosystem of planet Earth. And we've kind of lost the connection, it sounds like, Doc. Oh, yeah. Uh, the connection is completely lost. I mean, what we're, we're living basically in, in cement. We're in cement forests. I mean, when was the last time you've actually taken your shoes and socks off and touched the soil under your feet? Most people will probably say months, even to years. I mean, people don't touch soil anymore. People don't get, a lot of people don't even get into nature unless you like to hunt and like to camp. There's not much people out in nature anymore. So we're, we're slowly moving away from who we are as human beings. I mean, we were human beings where we need to be around other people and we need to be in nature. We need to interact with nature. We actually have a very important role in the ecosystem of Mother Earth. And if we don't do it properly, we reap the consequences, and that's what we're seeing, unfortunately, today. Um, we might win a couple of battles, maybe, but in the long run, nature always wins. One of the great words in the book that I saw a term was ecotherapy, and that's what we're talking about. I mean, take your, just taking your shoes off and going outside, there's another word, another thing in, um, called earthing, where just the, the positive charge of the earth gets in your feet and, may, and does something really good for your body, correct? <laughs> Yep. Yeah. It's so, and it's funny how we have to put a term to it nowadays. Uh It was something just naturally done by our ancestors, but now it's grounding or, or earthing. They mean the same thing, but yeah, the, the earth is naturally negative. So it's full of electrons. These electrons come from many things. One is, is, is lightning other from the center of the earth, but the, the earth has a constant negative charge, which is means it's full of electrons and our bodies just through normal metabolism form free radicals. Also, stress causes free radicals. And when we're fighting off disease, we form free radicals. I mean, free radicals, are they're not bad in, in a sense. But if you have too many of them, yeah, they can cause problems. So how do we neutralize inflammation making free radicals? Taking our shoes and socks off and putting our feet on the soil. Because we have 1,300 receptors in every square inch of our foot that allow those electrons to enter us and to neutralize those inflammation-making free radicals. So it's a natural way to decrease inflammation. Not only that, it protects us. It's shown that if we take our shoes and socks off, we basically form a force field around us where all those negative waves that are trying to beat at us all the time, they don't, they don't get through. Just by taking your shoes and socks off, that's what you're, you're seeing, less inflammation, and you're seeing safety from all those, all those negative waves that are that truly are causing harm to our ecosystem of cells but it's beautiful just how simple it is but people have gone so far from it i mean we we have a shoe with that with that with the with the rubber sole that doesn't allow those electrons to get through and we're walking all day with this so i recommend everybody if you have the opportunity if you've got a place where you can stand or walk or do anything try to be barefoot as much as you can and not only that the way we walk as humans, we walk properly biomechanically if we have our shoes and socks off. There's no need to have shoes and socks on. There's no need for it. Uh, don't be afraid. I've had people tell me, what about all the ants? Well, I got a pretty neat experience. I was, I was moving my compost pile the other day, and for some odd reason, the ants decided to live in there for a while. So when I was moving it, the ants went crazy. And I got bit about 150 ants, and I, I survived. It wasn't too bad. I survived. <laughs> <laughs> 
150. Okay, now you just gave me a nightmare. But you call yourself the, the wellness farmer. And I'm guessing that's part of the playing in the dirt book that you were talking about, about L. That we can we can literally handle some of this ourselves the more we reconnect to our food, either by growing the food or understanding where it's coming from and supporting local farmers, growers, and ranchers. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's what I recommend. We need to become more as who we were as human beings. We need to look to our ancestors. We, and we don't need to go that far back, two, three, four, five generations back. We all come from farmers or people that had grown some type of their food. It's not that far back that we need to go. And to me, of course, meat is a very important aspect of what our nutrition is. So it's not just gardening, but it's getting to know your ranchers, or if you have the opportunity to have chickens or some other type of animal on your land, that is beautiful. And that is where the ecosystem really grows with, with the combination of animals, our little ecosystem called our backyard or our, or whatever we want to call it just becomes that more clean and that more sustainable. Food waste. If you have chickens, you have chickens, Al. Yes, I do. Do you take the ends of things that you don't eat, the the vegetables and throw them out there. Oh, yes, the of chickens. course. Yeah. Some go in the compost pile, but the good stuff goes to the chickens for <laughs> the sure. Chickens they love it. Sure. And it, just in the last oh year or two, I've been going more and more and growing a lot in my garden and uh, trying to do trying to think about what I eat the most and grow more of that in my garden. So and last year uh, in the summer, I decided I will not buy the meat at the supermarket anymore. And I will just buy grass-fed meat and from farmers and things that I know. So you and I are talking that same language, man. When when I read the book, I was like, Ben and I, we we're pretty, we're on the same yeah. level here. Have chickens, um, uh, supporting the local ranchers. So like you said, I mean this this helps out our economy too, and and our local economy and all that. But uh, just eating nutrient dense food can make your body really doesn't need all the medicine and all the junk that's happening if you start by eating the good food you'll be healthy yeah that's 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 what take that's what most people that's what brings most people to gardening is a nutrient dense food but that that um that's step one i mean being out in nature that there's so much more to us so like we were talking just the grounding effect um, the way it builds communities, community building is so important. We are people of communities. We can't live alone. We have to be around other human beings or we become sick. And an experience I had just when I was, when I was gardening here in Argentina, all I had was, well, the first, the place I lived before, all I had was about maybe a, maybe a eight foot by eight foot square in between the street and the sidewalk. It wasn't even mine. I just started gardening because it was there. <laughs> and, and I would, and I would, I was out there gardening and this guy comes by and we just strike up a conversation and we talked about the garden. He tells me that, that his wife isn't doing that well and that he would like to start gardening to give her better food. And this guy named Ugo, his, that's what his name was. We, we had this awesome, we had this, we started this great uh, relationship just because I was outside gardening and it helped me get to know my neighbors and and everyone that 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 was living around me so it, it builds community and that's another thing that 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 builds our health makes us better as people and we can better serve other people and then it also not only the community building but it also builds us who we are physically so one of the best weights out there is earth so grab a shovel and go out there and shovel a little bit and you're going to see how heavy it can be and if you want to put some weight against your muscles and your bones well go garden and then it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be a lot of weight too when you're just planting a little planter when you're planting just little plants what you do is you take your shovel out there but that that nice smooth motion also keeps our joints healthy so getting outside and moving under the sun's rays talk about life giving i mean so there's so many things we could talk about where being outside and what I call playing in the dirt or gardening or being in nature where the, the garden truly is just an edge of nature. It's part of nature. It's, it's something that we're creating. It's an edge of nature. It's all the same and it does us the same. It, it causes the exact same health benefits in, in our bodies. Like you were saying, ecotherapy, it's, an, it's a new fad that's starting up in, 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 and in Japan it's called Shinrin Ryoku. It's, it's, it's this type of therapy that 
doctors are prescribing to overly stressed people living in the cities. I mean, when's the last time you were inside for a long time and you just go outside and feel the sun? It just feels great. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's things we can't, we can't explain those things, but we can feel them and it yeah. feels great. It feels wonderful to have those, have the, the earth underneath us and the sun shining down on us. And not only mm-hmm. that, the sun's rays are different at different times of the day. It's so important to get the sunrise too. So the, to experience the sunrise is also very healthy. And that's why we have this whole circadian rhythm where when the sun goes down, that means we need to go to sleep. So we can actually wake up at the sunrise and receive those beautiful sunrising rays that are so much different than the rays at 12 o'clock that give us all the, that all the vitamin D and all those other great benefits to, to build us and, and help us be as healthy as possible. Thanks so much, Ben. Thank, thanks for being with us today. I know you do the podcast, too. You want to mention that, the the Wellness Farmer. And uh, I want, I, thanks again for being with us. Oh, yeah. It's the, my podcast in English is called the Wellness Farmer Podcast, and you can find it anywhere. It's about 337 episodes in, so I've been doing it for quite a while now, and I enjoy spreading health and be, getting there by returning to your roots, returning to nature. It's also in Spanish. What's the website where people can check it out? Uh, my website is it was the same name as my little farm that I used to own. I used to own a I used to rent, uh, grow chicken on pasture and pastosverdesfarm.com. That, that was where you can find all, all my stuff. You can also find me on Instagram. It's a lot easier. Ben Page DC. <laughs> Dr. Ben Page, author of Playing in the Dirt, the Key to Sustainable Health, Wellness Farmer. Great find. Well, we, you know, we know how to find you now and you're from Utah. So anytime you're back here, we expect a visit. Oh, for sure. Yeah, my I got I got family members still living in Southern Utah. So I was born in Cedar City, raised for the first 10 years of my, nine years of my life in Parowan, Utah. Yep. When you come this way, let us know. I will. Thanks, Ben. We'll see you. Anytime. Check the show notes for a link to the podcast. Also, the episode of This Is Utah featuring Al Dynstrick, 9KRC, Sales punk rock farmer. Thank you so much, Al, for another great show. We got to close with some more homegrown music from our friends at HUM the Hear Utah Music digital catalog at the Salt Lake City Public Library. And Ben Swisher has been our guide. Ben, you're also a musician, right? You got some stuff going on, I understand. Yeah, um, I just scored a dance film for my friend Roxanne Gray called Tableau that is premiering tonight at 7.30 and tomorrow with lovedancemore.org as a part of their virtual series called Only the Lonely. So that's what I've been working on. Well, before we close out with one more song, how can musicians get into this hum catalog? We just had a um, an open submissions period earlier this year. Yeah. So every year, twice a year, we have uh, calls for submissions that happen in February and then also in August. So if you follow like the library social media accounts, like they'll make lots of posts about that to let people know that that's coming up. But you can also just access that on the hum site. Um, And then the only really parameters that we have are that it needs to be music that was made in Utah in the last five years. So you can submit to your heart's content um, when we are open for submissions and then the local jury uh, judges it and helps curate it. And then if you're selected, then we pay you for your work. Tell us about this last song. All right. So this last song is by an artist called PK Opal and their genre that I'm describing them as as uh, experimental dioramic soft punk. (laughs) Um, the song that I'm going to share from them is called Before Girls Before Swine from Torn Cocoon, Sessions, Demos, and B-Sides. It was released in 2020. This is also new as of May 1st. Um, In the Hum catalog. When you say new, we're talking about it's available for streaming and download in the Hum catalog. Yep, exactly. Um, And they describe this album as being like an unknown creation by a parallel universe version of themselves. So I think that's really just kind of the story behind every hit for me. Um, So yeah, listen with that in mind, but it's a really super catchy, effective song for me. Thanks, Ben. Yeah, thanks for having me on and thanks for caring about local music. Absolutely. That's our show, Aldine. Want to do the honors as we go out with this? Sure. Before Girls, Before Swine. This is PK Opal right here, fresh and homegrown on KRCL 90.9 FM.
KRCL, Salt Lake City.